Now I'd like to introduce to you our speaker for today. He is a longtime attendee over at our Roland Heights campus. He was there before it was called Hillside Community Church of the Nazarene, which was the name that it was just before it became Trinity, when it was Roland Heights Church of the Nazarene. And he goes there with his family, and I will let him tell you more about himself. Let's give a warm welcome to Rick Orr. Thank you very much. I just want, oh, I got to find my uh, slides here too. Can you, Johnny, can you help me with that? I think the wrong one's up here. Um, so my name is Rick, and I wanted to tell you I'm a child of God. Wasn't that awesome? So God is so good to us. All right. Put this down here. Beautiful. All right, well, uh, let's, let's start with, uh, with uh, reciting our prayer that we usually do here. And so uh, if you'd read with me, I'd appreciate it. O Lord our God, you have chosen to make yourself known through your creation, your word, your son, and your spirit. Now reveal your glory to us and through us the church. Speak to us, form us, lead us, dwell in us. Teach us today how to love as Jesus loves, to welcome the stranger, heal the sick, care for the poor, to bear good news, build bridges, and bring your people home. For Christ in us is the hope of glory. May your perfect will prevail in us this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, let's, uh, let's continue um, in prayer. If you would bow your heads with me, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this awesome day. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the opportunity to come and just worship you and be with other believers. Lord, thank you for the rain. Thank you for uh, new birth. Lord, thank you that we are children of God and, and we have the opportunity to open your word and uh, learn and grow, Lord. We just pray you would speak to us uh, that you would go before us, Lord, that you would bless this time. And uh, I pray uh, those that need encouragement would be encouraged today. Those that um, are discouraged will um, see themselves in a different way, Lord. I just pray for your um, blessing on me as I speak. Lord, we just pray that you'll uh, help us to hear. Holy Spirit, uh, teach us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right, well... I'm half blind, so I'm going to wear these. <clears throat> so just bear with me with that. Well, I want to tell you a little story. Uh, my son, back in 2007, my son and I, my son's name's Richie, we were coming home from a Taekwondo uh, tournament in Irvine. We were heading up the 605 freeway, and we heard screeching of tires. And before we could even react, we were suddenly airborne. Our little mini truck had been hit from behind. We flipped, we rolled nearly every direction possible, end over end, sideways. Basically, every panel, every section of my truck hit the pavement at some point. Um, the top, the sides, the front, the rear, everything made contact with the freeway. The truck doesn't look quite as bad as it really was, but there gives you an idea. And so almost every window was broken out, the tires were popped, and while we were flipping, I remember seeing the pavement 
come right by my face where my rearview mirror might have been with sparks flying. It was crazy. And then, and then more violent flipping and rolling. And um, it, was, it was, I don't know, I can't even explain. It was so crazy. Richie and I have never been able to figure out even what direction we went or flipped. And when I looked at the car, it makes sense because the front bumper, the back bumper, we went end over end sideways everywhere. But all I really know is that we landed upright in the middle of the freeway facing the center divider. That was nice, we were landing upright. <clears throat> um, there was broken glass all over us, the smell of burnt rubber, and we were basically stunned and just thankful to be alive. Um, I looked around to see if any oncoming traffic was gonna, another car would hit us or something, and I, I realized it wasn't. Then I looked at my son Richie to see if he was okay, and he seemed to be okay, you know, he answered me. Um, and really our seatbelts are really what kept us in, because I had tools in the back of my truck in that camper shell, and there were literally power tools everywhere all over the freeway. We would have just, I know we would have flown out and just, it would have been terrible. So we're kind of an advocate of seatbelts since that day. Um, anyway, I realized after that that I was still holding onto the steering wheel through that whole thing. And when I, when I took my hands off, my hands were just shaking. I, I'd never experienced anything like that. Just uncontrollable shaking. My son and I both thought we were going to die. And um, we were actually surprised that we were alive and relatively unharmed. So we tried to open the doors to get out, but neither one of our doors were open. They were both jammed. And just then a man walked up to me and uh, he said, hey, you guys were hit and you flipped over. And, and inside I'm thinking, really? You know, uh, I didn't really know that, right? Thanks for, but I didn't say that. I just said, yes, I know. And then um, a lady came up, a lady came up to us and said, hey, I'm a nurse. You guys need to just stay put. Well, we couldn't open the doors anyway. Stay put till the paramedics arrive. And so basically within minutes or what it seemed like, actually I'm watching, um, one thing that was interesting is while we're sitting there waiting, the man that came up to me and told me we were flipped, I said, hey, all my tools are all over the freeway. And so while we're waiting for the paramedics, about a half a dozen people just started picking up tools and putting them in the back of our truck. I didn't lose one tool. And so that was just, that was just amazing. So uh, where was I here? Um, so anyway, the paramedics get there, and they put collars on us, and they strap us to these boards, and the next thing I know, we're both being hauled into this ambulance and taken away. So the whole ordeal was just very traumatic. It, it was the craziest thing I've ever been through. Well, sometime after the accident, the district attorney called me, and he wanted to know if I'd be willing to press charges against the man who so recklessly hit us. And um, after f learning a little bit more about the man, um, he told me some about him, spending time in prayer, I called back the district attorney and I said, no, I don't want to press charges. Um, and one of the reasons was, is the man that hit us, he was a soldier. And he had been on a multi-day, multi-hour, um, what would you call it, a, a, a um, training, basically, where he had no sleep for hours and hours. 
And the biggest mistake he made, he wasn't under the influence or anything. They told me about all that. But he was driving home sleepy. And when he fell asleep, he accelerated to about 110 miles an hour. And he came to when he saw his exit on the freeway. And when he did that, he didn't realize he was going so fast. And he swerved and he just went out of control and basically came back and hit us. And you know, I told you that story. So um, we, we basically, um, well, from, from that after he hit us, I never even saw his car. He went way up the freeway because he was going so fast. And he ended up smashing himself into the center divider and, and he had some significant injuries. I don't know exactly what they were. But the, the thing I wanted to tell you is I really believe the Lord um, wanted me to choose uh, forgiveness and to not hold him accountable. Um, the man deserved to be punished for his wrongdoing, for the pain and suffering that caused us. However, God had other plans um, that we would not hold him accountable. So we're in the middle of a series called Who? And in this series, we're learning about who we are in Christ. Um, and we're trying to answer some questions in this series. And those are, who is God according to Jesus? And who am I according to Jesus? So by exploring these questions, we're going to realize some things. How God loves us and, how, and who we truly are and how God's love affects what we do. So how we live matters. Um, but it really should flow from knowing our core identity. And our identity must flow from a deeper understanding of who God is. So there's a theme verse that, that we've been talking about. And I'd like to read it to you, Ezekiel 36, 26 through 28. I will, give you a heart, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. So why bring all this up? What, what does any of this have to do with the accident that Richie and I got in? Um, well, I want to ask you some questions. Have you ever been forgiven? Have you ever had your wrongdoings erased? Have you experienced a chance for a new beginning? Unlike the conditional forgiveness that I showed the man who hit us, God has made a way for you and I to experience complete and total forgiveness. And that's through Jesus Christ. So today, I'm going to talk about being clean, being holy, and being blameless in God's sight. And in fact, what I want to tell you is that you are clean, you are holy, and you are blameless. So you may say to me, Rick, wait a minute, you don't really know me. I'm not clean, I'm not holy, I'm not blameless. You don't know the things that I've done. You don't know the, the things that I even think or do or say. And I want to say, you're right, I don't know those things about you. And really, you don't know those things about me. And if you did, you may not want to listen to me today. 
But on the other hand, if I knew all those things about you, I may not want to be talking to you today either, right? Well, guess what? There's a God who is bigger than our sinful thoughts, actions, and words. He's the God of the universe. And he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to take away the sin of the world. To take away my sin and to take away your sin. You are clean because of Christ. God's blood shed on Calvary made you clean. You are holy. This means you're set apart. You have a special purpose in God's kingdom. You're blameless. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin. You're forgiven, and you will not have to pay the penalty of sin because of Christ's blood. So what am I saying about all this? Um, what I'd like to do, if you'd like to turn your Bibles, John chapter 13. And um, if not, I have it up here on the screen. So I'd like to read with you um, this scripture. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So do you guys get what's happening here? Jesus is a son of God. Jesus, the son of God, is taken on a lowly servant's role. It was a job that nobody wants to do. I mean, who wants to wash somebody's feet, right? He stooped down and he washed the disciples' feet. Apparently, no one had done that yet to this point in the mill. And so Jesus did that as a model for us. Verse 3 states that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and yet he chose to serve his disciples by performing the humble act of washing their feet. Let's keep reading. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have come those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not everyone is clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should, 
that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So let's look at what's happening in this passage. Jesus gets up from the mill, he takes on a servant's role, and he starts washing his disciples' feet. Why did Jesus do this? Uh, What was he trying to teach his disciples? Why was it so important that Jesus washed their feet? Jesus told Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. He also told the disciples that they were clean. Jesus is referring to spiritual cleaning, not physical washing. Uh, this This is basically the word he used. Um, katharos, and it means clean, pure, unstained. also means guiltless, innocent, upright. That's what he was talking about when he said, if you've bathed, you're clean. So he's talking about a spiritual cleaning here. Furthermore, he told the disciples, um, now, that, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So, I have a question. This seems kind of amazing. How come we're not washing each other's feet? I mean, in the same meal, basically, we started our practice of communion. We do that monthly, right? Why aren't we washing feet? I mean, it seems like we should be doing that too, right? He specifically said, you also should wash one another's feet. Well, I believe the answer is because uh, comes from Jesus is because Jesus is referring to spiritual foot washing. I don't know if I made that term up, but well, what's spiritual foot washing? I mean, how do how do I wash feet spiritually? That sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? So Um, I'm going to give you a quote from John Wesley that I think kind of puts it together. Um, Why do we, John Wesley said, why do we not read any one apostle ever washing the feet of any other? Because they understood the Lord better. They knew he never designed that this should be literally taken. He designed to teach them the great lesson of humble love as well as to confer inward purity upon them. And hereby he teaches us in every possible way to assist each other in attaining that purity. And I like that, assist each other in attaining that purity. Um, we're clean and pure because of Christ's blood, right? However, humble, with humble love, I believe we're to assist each other. And we're to encourage each other towards Christ's purity and cleanness. So... If that's the case, every time that I encourage someone towards Christ, I'm in a sense washing their feet. And every time that you encourage or pray or share the word of God with someone, you're in a sense washing their feet. Um, I believe the Apostle Paul has several verses that are related to this topic, if I'm not stretching it too far. And one of them is, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. 
Now we think of that as this is how Wes should treat his wife, right? And that's true, but I wanna focus on, it's giving us an example of how Christ treats the church, right? So it's a beautiful picture of Christ loving the church. And the word of God is like cleansing water that makes us clean. So here's another one. Brothers and sisters, if someone caught, is caught in sin, um, sorry, who, who live by the Spirit, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I really think that the Holy Spirit can help us gently wash each other's feet bring restoration to our brothers and sisters. Another thing I, want to sh- I want, another thing I think is important in washing feet is forgiveness. I believe forgiveness is a type of foot washing. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as Christ forgave you. So there's nothing quite like forgiveness. Um, both being forgiven, if you've been forgiven, Um, or forgiving others, right? It's like a cleansing act of love to to forgive someone. And if if it takes away from you and and when you're being forgiven, it takes away from the person and yourself. I want want to actually share a story with you um, about what I think is an example of spiritual foot washing. And it really wasn't my doing, it was God, it was the Holy Spirit doing it. So let, let, me, let me share this story. Um, so a number of years ago, I was home one evening, and I heard a speeding car go by firing gunshots. There were multiple shots. And um, for some reason, I thought it was a good idea. What do you do when that happens? You run outside, right? <laughs> so I thought it was a good idea to run outside. I don't know, I was younger. Um, And the man across the street had the same idea. He ran outside. So we actually got out there soon enough to catch the speeding car, just the tail of it, we couldn't even hardly recognize it, still firing shots zooming around the corner. So um, we kind of checked around and it looked like the neighborhood was okay. We kind of determined they were probably drunk and uh, shooting up in the air. I don't know why we didn't call the police and try to report it, but. Anyway, what happened is we basically stayed out there and had a lengthy conversation and kind of even talked about it's kind of weird that we both came out here, right? So um, this guy's name was Troy, and I remembered it from my childhood. His, his grandmother actually lived across the street from me, and, and he was visiting with her, and he's the one that ran out there. So um, as we're talking, the Holy Spirit basically started convicting him. He had accepted the Lord when he was a young man. And the Holy Spirit started convicting him, and he basically talked himself into rededicating his life to Christ. He had, he had gotten in a lot of trouble. He had not been following God or doing the things he should have done. And I basically just stood there and assured him and listened, assured him that God still loved him. And the Holy Spirit just started working. So um, basically, with the Holy Spirit's help, Troy, um, he start, he, I, we, we prayed, and he rededicated his life to Christ. And he, he actually went on and turned around. He actually went to APU, and 
he, he's, he's a changed man. And so um, I had the privilege of spiritually washing his feet. And I had other opportunities because while he was getting on his feet, he actually came and lived with us for a little while. But that's a different story. But um, I think that's an example of washing someone's feet. We just need to be there. We need to be available. So God wants, God wants us to humbly serve and love each other in ways like this. I think it's our calling and our purpose. You don't have to be a preacher. I'm not a preacher. I'm a facilities manager. But God wants to use me. The Holy Spirit wants to use me. So I'm going to quickly run through uh, these verses that are listed up here. I just want to read these to you. Mark 10, 44-45. I think these are examples of how God wants us to have humble service. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 9.35 says, And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last, and a last of all, and a servant of all. Matthew 23.11 says, The greatest among you shall be your servant. Luke 22.27 says, For who is greater, one who reclines at the table, or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. And finally, Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Okay, so you may say, okay, Rick, um, I get it. We're to humbly serve others, and as well as spiritually wash each other's feet, right? So good. I'm glad you get it. Um, one of the things that I think sum this up is what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbors as yourself. I think we should serve others, but we should serve them because we're forgiven of our sins. We're clean, we're blameless, we're holy. This should be out of the realization of who we are and who we're called to be to serve one another. Out of this realization, we are called to love and serve one another. So here at Trinity, we're in a season to reset our hearts. That's what this series is about. Who God is and who we are in Him. So I don't want you to believe the devil's lie that you're not clean or you're not blameless or you're not holy. John 1.9 states, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Romans 8.1 and 2 reminds us, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, do we really believe that? What I want you to see from the verses, what we're saying is, because of Jesus Christ, you're forgiven, you're pure, you're no longer condemned, 
and you're free. So I, I've been a Christian for a long time. Excuse me. I've been a Christian for a long time, and I believe that Jesus died for my sins. But do I really believe this? I, I let the devil just beat me up so many times. You know, he, he's, he kind of did that to Eve, right? Surely you'll not really die if you eat this fruit. Well, really, you're not really forgiven and pure. I am. Jesus' blood covers me. And I, I, we really need to get that. I want to get that in my life so I act out of who God, how God sees me, who I am. So living with the heart of confidence of who we are according to God is all the empowerment that we really need in order to do the things that God calls us to do. So I want to leave you with this. Let's wash each other's feet by praying, encouraging each other, and sharing scripture with one another. Um, I want to encourage you to serve others out of the knowledge of who Christ is, of who you are in Christ, I mean. So that's basically the end of my message. I want to pray a closing prayer with you. If you guys would bow your head. Lord, help us to remember who we are in Christ Jesus. Out of that knowledge, help us to love and serve others. Help us to be foot washers. Lord, I also pray for those who have not yet accepted you as Lord and Savior. Help them to come to the knowledge of your saving grace, Lord. You're so good. Holy Spirit, cleanse us and guide us. I'm listening. Lord, work and fulfill the purpose you have, the purpose you've prepared for us. Lord, lead us. Help us to be help us to wash others' feet, Lord. We just need you so much. We pray that you would help us to realize that we are clean and pure and holy in your sight. And help us to uh, just live out of that. Holy Spirit, fill us and guide us and direct us. So we just ask your blessing on the rest of this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. So before we close, I wanted to have just spend some time in response to what was shared with us. Um, <clears throat> I know we don't have that last slide up there, but I think it's easy to remember uh, the three kind of action steps that... Um, uh, that Rick left for us, uh, to, to pray for each other. And that when we pray, we may not often know what to pray for. This is a very specific prayer, to pray for an, a deeper understanding of our freedom and our forgiveness in Christ, um, to encourage each other, right? And this one is especially, I got I to gotta speak to our families right now for a moment, uh, spouses, parents, kids, people who live in homes together, how, how encouraging are we to each other? How often do we disparage each other? Do we discourage each other? And maybe we don't even do it directly, but maybe we, maybe just even by the absence of encouraging, right? There's, there are sins of commission, the things that we do, but there are also the sins of omission, the things that we, we fail to do. Spouses, how often do we go out of our way to make it a point to intentionally speak encouragement over each other. Parents, how often do we go out of our way to speak encouragement? It's so easy to be upset at our kids, right? For the things that they do or they don't do. How often do we do this? 
Kids, how often do you speak encouragement to your parents? Or is it always asking them for things or being upset when we don't get it? And then the third one is to, to offer scripture. And I was really convicted about that one because I'm thinking, how many of us know the scripture well enough that we could actually, when somebody is going through something, we could actually say, hey, that reminds me of a scripture that I read. Let me, even if you have to like flip through your phone to find it, but how many of us are actually engaging with the scripture enough so that we have something that's not just from our own head, Right? Oh, well, you know, uh, God says somewhere in the Bible that, uh, um, you know, the, God helps those who help themselves, right? That's not in the Bible, actually, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, um, you know, uh, I saw this movie once. And those, those things, that's fine. But, I mean, I'm talking about the Word of God, right? This is something that is kind of above and beyond other sources that we might pull, pull from, right? So I want to spend some time responding to that. Because maybe you feel like, well, I don't have this great sin in my life. I don't, you know, deal with some, some big addiction or I'm not, I'm not getting, you know, bringing myself out of a really bad situation or th- need to ask forgiveness. I'm not carrying this big shame on my life. But I want to ask you, if you're in that place, you feel like, well, I'm relatively clean. I'm not a bad person. Are you, how actively are you praying for people? How actively are you encouraging, going out of your way to encourage people in this, to spiritually wash people's feet? How actively are you in the scripture so that you have something not just for yourself, but so that you have something to give that is beyond yourself? And it reminds me of the story that Jesus told, a parable of the, <clears throat> the, the, the publican and, the, and the, the, the tax collector, right? The, the two people that went before God into the temple and, and one was there crying out saying, God, I'm not even worthy to lift my eyes to you. God, have mercy on me. And the other person who stood there proudly saying, God, I thank you that I am not like this tax collector. Thank you that I am not sinful and dirty and wicked like this person. Which one of those people went away right with God, Jesus says, asks. Which one was it? It was the tax collector. It was the dirty, sinful, wicked, corrupt, twisted tax collector who was humble enough before God to say, I don't even have the right to lift my eyes to you. So I want to encourage those of us who feel that maybe there's that pride in our heart to say, well, this doesn't really apply to me. Yeah, I I know I'm clean. I'm fine. And I want to encourage those of you who feel like that tax collector who may say, you know what, I don't even have the right to lift my eyes to God. I've done shameful things in my life. And God is saying, I want you to be right with me today. So if I can ask, actually, Phil, if you can can just give us some, some music. Um, give a couple minutes for Phil to get, get, get up there. But I want to encourage you, what is the Lord saying to you in this? What does the Lord want to speak to you today about how he wants to cleanse you? How he wants to bring your heart to life, to give you a new heart of, instead of stone, instead of, instead of a heart of stone, a heart of flesh. What ways does God want to cleanse you today? Maybe God just wants to cleanse you from apathy or inaction God wants to cleanse you from pride or judgment. So, Lord, would you guide us during this time? Speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to truly respond. One more thing I will say is that we have this space that is open for you to come and pray. 
if you would like to come and just uh, be at the front, this is, this is ultimately meant as an altar space. Um, when you come and if you kneel here, you're not kneeling to the worship team or to any statue or icon you are kneeling, um, just taking some time with God. But if you want to do that right at your own seat, if you even want to just turn around and use your seat as an altar space and kneel in that space, take some time just between you and God right now and what God is speaking to your heart. How is God cleansing you? If you have uh, sensed God speaking to you in this, in this message, you really sense, you know that you need, you know that you are in need of God's healing, God's cleansing, God's purifying, and you, you long to hear God tell you, you have been made clean in me. I'd like to ask you to just stand, if you would be so bold as to do that. If the Lord's speaking to you in this message, would you just stand? I just want to pray for you in this. God, you see each person standing right now. And you know what it is in their hearts that they are feeling. Maybe, they, maybe they've felt distant from you. Maybe they have been resisting you, running away from you. God, I know so many of us run away from you. We have our own hurts in our own life. There's a reason why we run away from you. There's something that we're avoiding or there's something, there's a hurt we are running away from and so we put up walls of pride and arrogance we put up walls of self-sufficiency we put up walls that try to communicate that we are strong that we can do this without you we don't need you God I pray for those who have that, that hard heart and that they would know, God, that you, that you see the hurt that caused that, that wall to be put up. God, I pray that there would be a great realization today, God. A revelation from you, God. That it's your love who draws us close. Even though we have been running from you, even if we've been far from you, even if we have been so caught up in sin or wickedness in our lives, that we can't even see you anymore. Today, today we can be, we can walk in that truth that we are clean, blameless, holy in you. You can do that work in us. God, I pray if there's any heart in here that is discouraged, that feels like they are trapped, maybe in an addiction, in an unhealthy pattern, maybe in, in an unhealthy relationship, battling with things that they, they don't even know where to begin. In. Lord, you are able. You are able. You are able to reach into that, God. Lord, those who are struggling, that they would fall at your feet, even with their brokenness and ugliness, God, to say, yes, I know, God you love me, and to know your complete acceptance. You are a God who heals, Lord, and I believe you want to heal every 
need that is in this place today. So I thank you for those who have stood, who have said, yes, I am in need. I am in need. That's what, that's what you have said right now. The, the scripture that Rick told us from 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. By standing today, you have said, I confess. I confess I am in need of Jesus, the Savior. I am in need of Jesus, the healer. I am in need of Jesus, the redeemer. By standing today, you have said, you have confessed, you have agreed, you have admitted that you are in need. Now let Jesus, now let Jesus be faithful to you to be faithful to cleanse you. Thank you, God. Thank you that you are a God who heals. You're a God who forgives. You're a God who redeems, makes clean, and makes us holy.